I'm Nick Bircher, and this is the Nordic Future Makers podcast. I'm very pleased today because I have another great example of a Nordic future maker with me. Today's guest is Roland Philippe Kretzmer, who's the global head of digital at the Absolute Company. Hey, Nick, how are you doing? Very good, very good. Great that we can catch up again. Great that we can talk in this way. It's been a while since we last spoke, so I thought it would be good to check in and see what you're up to now. Yeah, so happy to be on the show again. Uh, I've been listening to uh, a lot of the episodes you recorded in the past two years. So, you know, great, great, great job. Always great to explore uh, new talent in the Nordic region. So listen, uh, what has happened since we met? So I joined the Absolute Company at the beginning of this year as a global head of digital marketing, which I'm happy to explore more. Uh, and then I've also co-launched a content platform called Scandinavian Mind together with Conrad Olsson and, and his team. So yeah, busy. Great. So so when we last spoke, you were working on the B2B side and you were doing lots of kind of digitization of, of processes and companies and things on that side of things. You've jumped back. So you're now on the consumer side again with, with the Absolute Company. So can you tell us a bit more about what you do in your day job and, and what that's all about, please? Sure. So maybe as a starting point for the listeners, um, I guess it's good to clarify also that what is the Absolute Company? So the Absolute Company came to life when Panoricar <clears throat> acquired Vinosprit a decade ago. And uh, in, in the portfolio of the absolute company, we had sev- we have several brands. So I think for a lot of people, you know, you, you would immediately think that the absolute company is all about absolute vodka. And that's true. It's one of our brands, but we also have Malibu, Kalua, uh, Elix, and uh, a small local um, Aquavit brand called Aarhus Aquavit. So, you know, it's, it's, it's basically a brand company within Panoricar and there are other brand companies within Panoricar and Panoricar is uh, the world's second largest spirits company, uh, around 9 billion euros in turnover listed in Paris. And the P- Ricard family is still um, uh, a dominant uh, shareholder. But uh, since it's listed, obviously, there, there, there's now a, a different kind of reach. Uh, you know, it's, it's no longer a purely kind of a pure family owned company. So that's in short, uh, the absolute company. And within the Panorica structure, we are a so-called brand company, which means that we are guardians of the brands in our portfolio. And I can explore that more in depth later. But then there are also market companies uh, within Panorica. So in our part of the world, there is Panorica Northern Europe. And basically, that's where the P&L sits. So that's where sales happens. Okay. So it's the absolute company. It's part of a bigger Perno Ricard setup. And you're responsible for the Absolute Vodka brand, but also all the other brands like that you just listed to Kalua and so on and so on. Exactly. So in my role, I'm looking at how can we continue to be relevant for the consumers using then digital channels and platforms to engage the consumers in a smart and relevant way. And this, uh, this can be done, uh, you know, in, in, in so many different layers and, you know, it's, it's from everything from, let's say, how do we interact in social media? Um, how do we manage all the different web platforms that we have just for absolute? I mean, we have 
40 plus different websites globally? Uh, how do we explore new, let's say, digital uh, areas such as, you know, uh, the activation we did at Coachella earlier this spring, where we also built absolute land on the central land to kind of connect the physical uh, festival experience to something online. So, you know, in, in my role, I, I both manage all the existing kind of channels and platforms, but I also explore um, new territories, including looking at how can we evolve the way we do marketing? You know, how can we infuse digital even more in everything that we do in all the processes, brief setting, creative process, etc. Yeah. I guess that means you're looking at everything. So you're looking at ads, you're looking at content, you're looking at you know relationship marketing and, and everything else. Yes, but it's it's also important to say that obviously we have different teams with different expertise and skill set and, and accountability. So you know we have creative teams, we have comms teams, strategy, um, social media experts, platform experts, etc. So obviously it's it's a te it's teamwork, right? All of these teams combined are uh, working at you know leveraging the brands in the best possible way. However my role and my team has this kind of transversal role. So where we are, <clears throat> I mean, yes, we are in one way managing the different platforms, as I mentioned, the web platforms, the digital platforms, but then also in this transformation office kind of role, we are working then transversely across all functions and, and teams that contribute to to making the brand successful. So it's a, it's it's this kind of hybrid role where it's both, as I said, management of platforms and channels and also kind of exploring new territories. Yeah. Do you have a kind of standardized approach across all the brands or is every brand treated individually and differently? That's a good question. In one way, there are there, there are no standard standardized ways of working, I would say, but there are obviously benefits of scale and, and, and kind of collaborating across functions and brands in the sense that, you know, if, if you look at, let's say, a creative process, it's more or less the same across the brands. If we look at how the brand teams are structured, they look almost the same. Obviously, Absolute is the biggest brand in the portfolio, so they have more resources and, and, and bigger budgets, basically. But it's pretty similar. But I, I wouldn't say there is a standardized way of doing marketing. You know, if you, if you are joining the company you could let's say immediately understand like, oh this is how we do marketing and and this i would say is because every brand have their specific needs uh the target audiences might you know in theory look quite similar but then in practice you know we position the brands very differently uh we have very specific brand strategies that are unique to the brands so you you have to adjust the ways of working so they are aligned to the brand strategies. However, what I'm trying to do from my end, and again, I joined the company in January of this year. And uh, since then, I've, I've formalized a, a sort of strategy for, for digital marketing and, and digital transformation of marketing. But what we can do to standardize is maybe to look at how can we infuse digital much more into the the processes, how can we ensure that all the marketeers across the absolute company are, are skilled in the right way when it comes to digital? Uh, how can we ensure that we use the platforms in, in, in a similar way so we see the benefits of scale? 
uh, how can we approach, let's say, data analytics, data management in, in, in the same way? So in, in that way, we can start to, let's say, standardize it in, in a way, right? Uh, some of the processes related to digital. I don't know if I'm really answering your question or not, but it's, yeah. I mean, the things I picked out from what you were just talking about were there are certain um, technologies and certain partners that you may have a more standardized approach to. But at the same point, you have different nuances for different brands. Yes, and I think it depends also, you know, what, what we're talking about here. So if we, if we, for example, look at the creative process uh, and the creative output, you know, the campaigns we produce at Absolute Company or together with the markets for the specific brands, that, you know, th- that in itself is, um, is a way of working that is well-established, it, it, it works, it, uh, it has um, it, it clear benefits. You know, we, we have also found a way where we interact with the market companies in the best possible way. But then we also are part of this larger transformation journey that Panoricar uh, started where we basically are turning into a platform company. So there is a very clear strategy from Panoricar on on how we should become a platform company, what this implies not only for the Panoricar structure, but also for the brand companies such as ourselves, but also for the markets. So that is also a transformational journey that I'm participating in, which might at some point uh, not disrupt fully our existing processes, but at least fine-tune or challenge some of the processes that we that we are currently uh, working with. Okay. And it's that idea of being a platform. Is that talking about longer-term brand platforms or is that talking about a kind of always-on approach to, to media and marketing and, and kind of customer connections? I would say both, but also in addition, exploring new business models, new revenue streams. You know, we have acquired in, in Panoricar uh, a lot of different companies in the last couple of years where we basically are looking at, you know, how can we build better e-commerce capabilities? What are the new revenue streams that we can create? We, we have established a metaverse task force where I'm also representing the absolute company where we are looking into, you know, what role does Web3 have for us? You know, and, and going well beyond, you know, NFT art, <laughs> not just the cosmetic side of things, but, you know, really looking into, you know, what role does uh, blockchain technology ha- have in, in the future for us as a company? Within Panoricard, there's also Conviviality Adventures based in San Francisco, uh, acquiring startups. So basically, you know, we are turning into a true platform company in the sense that, we, we, we are looking at, you know, what role does data have for us? What, what role does technology have for us? And then we, we kind of build the company structure. So we are fu- kind of future-proofing proofing our, our structure. So, so the two different tracks that would be interesting to explore from that. So one is when you talk about e-commerce, I guess that's getting closer to the mm-hmm. end consumer. So it's ha- having these amazing brands, but also kind of, getting much closer to the actual end consumer at the end in terms of sales. Yeah. And I, I mean, this is again where you know it, it becomes a bit complicated because obviously in many parts of the world, uh, there are a lot of regulations around alcohol and, and, and spirits uh, in particular, maybe. So let's say in the Nordic region, 
uh, or in Sweden, if you um, take any newspaper in the weekend, you will see a lot of ads for wine and maybe uh, beer and, you know, cider, but hard spirits uh, such as vodka is is banned, right? Uh, you, you cannot do any advertising. Yep. And, and those so-called dark markets are obviously very limited. <laughs> you know, there's not much you can do really to, <laughs> to uh, b- build your brand. Which is, you know, it's fine. It is what it is. But then we have a lot of other markets where uh, regulation is is a b- bit more relaxed. Uh, so in the US, for example, even the UK, you know, you, you can basically purchase home delivery of, of vodka. You know, do, maybe you have an Uber even delivering your vodka to your home. And, you know, th- so, the, or, so there's a lot of more opportunities than in those markets, the white markets, as we call them, to really connect with the consumers throughout the whole value chain, basically converting our target audience into consumers purchasing our products. So that obviously opens up then for uh, many opportunities. Uh, And this is also in in that domain where we explore then these new technologies, new platforms, so we can see how we can convert stakeholders into consumers in a smarter way uh, or create more engagement. So in some markets, lots more opportunity for kind of lower funnel performance Mm -hmm. marketing, where it's about buy now and the sales side. In other markets, you have to focus a lot more on the brand and the overall experience to kind of bring people in. Yes, and even so, there there might be a difference. So if we take Sweden, then as an example, since we are based in Sweden and, and this podcast is recorded here as well. So if you go to a, say, a festival or a nightclub or, you know, there's... There's also limitations of what you can do as a spirits brands in terms of engaging consumers on site in those kind of experiential um, settings. While in other markets, again, as I said, the US, you know, you you can build these brand universes. I mean, I mentioned Coachella earlier, one of the biggest festivals in the world. We celebrated our 10 year anniversary as a partner this year. I was there during the festival and experienced it on site. Uh, and, And obviously, you know, Brands such as Absolute can can uh, be much more engaging uh, and true to the brand on site in those markets. So you got to go to to the whole festival and, and see it all. Yes, and 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 this is because we um, what we also did in addition to kind of being a partner on site and having this kind of brand experience on site was that we also built what we call Absolute Land, which is. Uh, you could say a brand house and brand experience house on Decentraland, one of the metaverse uh, platforms that exist. Uh, and we connected then the on-site physical experience with the online experience on Decentraland. So both, you know, when you were at Coachella in, in our brand uh, tent, you can call it because uh, they're literally kind of tents for all the brands. <laughs> you you could then, you know, we built up this kind of nightclub um, environment, but then you, we also had these uh, huge screens, uh, screening from uh, online, uh, from Decentraland. So you can, you know, dance with, with the people that were on Decentraland with the avatars. We also did on Absolute Land, on the Central Land, we had, you know, a brand museum, we had an anti-gravity dance floor, we had uh, NFT drops of wearables, we launched the latest album of Swedish House Mafia on, on our uh, platform, uh, and they were also one of the headline acts on at Coachella, you know, so we did this kind of 
true 360 activation, paid, earned, social, metaverse, on-site, everything you can imagine, basically. So it all, all blends together to give this kind of experience. It all blends together. Yeah, and I think you know it's. I've been I've been asked to, to talk about this absolute land activation um, quite a lot since then, and you know people ask me, so why do you think this was a success? You know because we had like 1.5 billion impression in media, uh, we had uh, fantastic uh, results on 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 the decentralized platform on social. I mean hundreds of millions of impressions, and you know it's a, a truly amazing brand campaign. And I would say the reason it was successful was because it was truly integrated, truly on the channel. We, we connected all the different activations in a smart way. And that's why it, it, the Decentraland activation also became such a success. And I would say, you know, if I compare to may, may, maybe other good use cases, I mean, we, we see a lot of the fashion brands, luxury brands. They, also, they are also very successful on metaverse platforms and i would say it's because they also connect it to something else they connect it to a higher purpose or to to a larger campaign where it's integrated maybe even digital so i think that is part of the success i yeah there is a risk sorry there is also a risk i think when you read about web3 metaverse nfts you know you you, you think you're gonna reach immediate success selling nft art in in, in the hundreds of millions but, you know, that's not really the case. <laughs> it's a bit more complicated than that to reach success. Right. So you you take one of the virtual worlds, Decentraland. Anyone can go in so long as they reach the get through the age filter. Yes. And then there's this opportunity to be with other people in a virtual world. But that also connects to the physical world as well. Exactly. And all the things that go with it. So, so how do you go about planning something like that where where does that start and what's the process that that goes into it hmm i don't think there's something unique <laughs> to be honest about that process I, it's like any other campaign you just add another channel or another platform to the media mix again this is how i see metaverse at the moment it's just part of the media mix i would say before hardware gets good enough so we can truly be immersive in the physical space i would say that it's hard to plan it in in any other way than just another media channel or 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 um, kind of engagement platform. Okay. So you know, I mean, it, so there's no like silver bullet uh, solution to this. You know, um, I guess you just have to be lucky to have the right team, uh, the right skill set and expertise in the team or teams, uh, multiple teams, obviously. Um, the right agencies and external partners uh, to support you. Uh, and, and, and that's, you know, this project was initiated by Panoricar USA as an extension of Coachella, their, the Coachella partnership. And then we as a brand company, uh, and my role was to, to ensure that this activation, you know, had the right brand fit, that it connect, you know, it, it, it kind of complied to the brand strategy. Uh, and and then you know I think for all of us combined it was a learning process. It was the first time we did something like this. It was at quite a large scale, you know, uh, quite a big investment also, both in time and budget. And um, I would say also one of the first times any brand did something like this, uh, not only in the spirits industry but in general. I mean, 
as I said, some fashion and luxury brands have been quite successful on, on metaverse platforms. But other than that, it's hard to find really successful large scale use cases, to be honest. So it was a learning process for, for us as well. But uh, to answer your question, the process looks the same as for any other campaign, to be honest. Well, so more of this coming up in the future? Definitely, yes. Uh, I, I mentioned the Metaverse Task Force earlier. So, you know, we are looking at now from a panoramic perspective, you know, what role should should we and the, and the brand companies and the markets have in relationship to Web3? What kind of projects should we work with? This was not the first Web3 project we did, actually. Um, so in Pano Ricard already a year ago, so <clears throat> another brand in, in the portfolio um, launched some NFTs, Absolute launched NFTs in Germany uh, August of last year. Uh, and, and, you know, I, there, there's a long list of different initiatives ongoing in the group in the Web3 space. So it was by no means the first, but of course, the scale of it and the success of it has given not only us, but also all the other brands in the in the portfolio, in the group, um, kind of, um, yeah, we want to do more. Um, but I would say we're also exploring, you know, beyond the campaigns and the marketing and the creativity. And, 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 and you know, we're also exploring, as I mentioned, new revenue streams or transparency in the value chain, supply chain, you know, what role does blockchain technologies have there and et cetera. So, you know, we're exploring all facets of this really. So, so we need to keep watching what you're doing because there are more things coming and more experiments and more, more campaigns, more activity. Yeah, definitely. And I would say one of the low hanging fruits uh, in, um, if, if we talk about metaverse as being both web two, web three, right. It doesn't need to be only web three. Then I would say gaming, that's the low-hanging fruit. That's the, the easiest entry point if you want to kind of explore metaverse uh, platforms because obviously gaming platforms are metaverse platforms. So, you, I mean, we have already examples in the group where some other sister brands have, have explored gaming. We will explore gaming. And, you know, it's that's, that's a low-hanging fruit for us. Perfect. Well, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Oh, it was a pleasure being on the show again, Nick, really. It's really good to catch up and hear about what you've been doing and the amazing things you've been doing with, with the brands and Coachella and everything else. Thank you, Nick. For everyone else, I hope you have enjoyed the podcast. I hope you will subscribe to the podcast and I hope you will listen again in the future. Mm-hmm.